Good evening. Um, Amar Nam Nabil Shah. I'm a BMCC student and a member of the organizing team for this event. Ami ekhane shobai ke dekhe Amar khub palo lagtese. A movie Nam In Search of Bengali Harlem. Ar a movie Amar zone no special. Karon Ami Bengali ar Ami zone mohoyse Harlem. Shobai ke shaukotom apnara a movie te dekhen. Ashakore shobar balo lagbe ar enjoy korben. Donno bad. Thank you so much. And um, my name is Sonia Munshi, and I'm the interim executive director of the Asian American Asian Research Institute of CUNY, one of tonight's hosts, along with the BMCC Hunter. Asian American, Native American, Pacific Islander serving institution, also Anapizi, um, the Anape BMCC Hunter Anapizi Bridge Initiative. We're the hosts for this um, amazing screening tonight. We'd like to thank all of our co-sponsors. That includes um, BMCC's Asian Heritage Month Committee, Hunter College's Anapizi Project, Queens College's Anapizi Project, BMCC's Multicultural Center, and BMCC's Department of Ethnic and Race Studies for their support. And we would also like to thank Mark Goodlow and everyone at Tribeca Performing Arts Center, especially the staff that is here tonight, including Charles, uh, Charles Davis, Todd, Mark, JR, Fern, and others. Um, we would also like to thank our staff, Anthony Wong, and the other folks working on this event include Linda Varghese, Marsha Liu, Lin An, and Nadia Saleh. We'd like to thank the organizations that have come through to table tonight, including um, LAL, Malika, Muslim Community Network, the REACH Coalition, Psyche for South Asian Women, and SUPNA New York City. Please check out their materials on your way out if you haven't already. After the film screening, we will have a panel discussion and Q&A moderated by S. Nadia Hussein, featuring Nadia Q. Ahmed, Nahar Alam, Deshi's Rising Up and Moving organizer, Nessar Buyan, and City Council member, Shahana Hanif. We look forward to that conversation. In the meantime, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the film. My name is Aladdin. For those of you wondering, no, I don't own the 7-Eleven. <laughs> no, I don't drive a cab. And I had absolutely, positively, nothing to do with the Oklahoma City bombing, all right? I never really acknowledged myself being a true Bangladeshi. Does anyone have a rabbit? <laughs> I would get these parts, the money was really good, but after a while I was getting so angry. Well, it's just that my family is full of crazy Muslims, and none of them talk like this. And I remember one director says, who was your father? Well, I don't really know. There's a void in my life, like, I really have to know who my father is. He was maybe a teenager when he first came here, that he came on a boat, came in the 1920s. He married a Puerto Rican woman and moved to Spanish Harlem. That was a time when South Asian immigration was actually banned. They landed in New York and he decided to get off to look around. He claimed he got lost and the ship left. There was a lady, he stayed in a rooming house, and there were other Indians there. He opened the restaurant in 1958, 
And shortly after that, we got married. She knew the system. She was American. She knew how to help these people. My dad was president of the Pakistan League of America. They started doing this annual boat ride. That was the most thrilling time. Everyone around this table is related to someone who was in that 1952 photograph. They all built that world together. There's so many stories. We've been omitted from history. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoyed the film. Um, yeah, that definitely deserves another round of applause. Uh, my name is Nadia Hussain. I'm going to be your moderator tonight. And uh, I'd like to uh, introduce, um, well, I'll, inter I'll talk a little bit about myself. But before I do that, I just would like to introduce our wonderful filmmakers and Aladdin, who's involved in the film and featured in the film. So Aladdin Ullah was one of the first South Asians to appear as a stand-up comedian on national television on channels including Comedy Central, BET, MTV, and PBS. He is an actor, playwright, co-director of In Search of Bengali Harlem, and creator of the one-man show Dishwasher Dreams. And the other filmmaker, Vivek Bald, is a scholar, writer, and documentary filmmaker whose work focuses on histories of South Asian migration and diaspora in the U.S. and Britain. He is the author of Bengali Harlem and the Lost Histories of South Asian America, co-director of In Search of Bengali Harlem, and director of Mutiny, Asian Storm, British Music, and Taxiwala Autobiography. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, it's such an honor for me to moderate this panel. Uh, first of all, even the activist Nahar, Shahana, Nadia, and I'm just going to meet you tonight, but, um, but it's just so wonderful to see so many friends and loved ones on this stage. And uh, just a little bit about me. Uh, I remember talking to Aladdin about 15 years ago. I was, a, I was the president of the Bengali Student Association at Rutgers, and I was trying to get Aladdin as a comedian to come out to our show and we talked on the phone and then he said I know your family I'm like what are you talking about he's like yeah I grew up with Hamid and, and his, his dad Masood Choudhury who was featured in the film I call him affectionately, affectionately my New York grandpa you know he's since passed and I was like how do you what how do you know him and then and then we just started talking and he was talking about Bengali Harlem he kept saying Vivek Vivek there's this guy Vivek and he's doing this and I'm like and for years he kept talking to me about Vivek and I'm like I've never met this Vivek is he a real person clearly he's very real but it's just incredible from that moment of that conversation to see it become this novel, um, not, or not a novel, but like a nonfiction book uh, with, with so much history and also uh, the family seeing this documentary. And my family is featured in the documentary, Masood Jodhuri. He's my, uh, he's a, he, his family is, uh, he's part of my family. He's my, uh, related to my grandmother. But I always say that I'm a proud daughter and descendant of Bengali Harlem. Ibrahim Choudhury, who's featured in the book and in the film, you know, he's the reason I'm an American. Through his sponsorship of my family coming to the United States, I am here as an American and in front of you. So the lineages of these legacies are not just vestiges in history, right? They're living, breathing um, elements of our daily lives now, whether or not we realize it. And I really just uh, appreciate you lifting that up. You know, when I first saw the film, I remember crying. After I started, 
crying because seeing Masood, my, my grandfather, on the screen like that, I, I, I hadn't heard his voice in 10 years. So it, it means a lot to our community, but just overall to everybody. And even being an activist like myself, I co-founded the Bangladeshi American Women's Development Initiative, Bowdy in New Jersey, seeing the parallels of, and we're going to talk about that tonight, the parallels of um, this uh, cross-racial activism, what racial justice from back then to now, what that look community organizing actually looks like. So I'm just so excited to hear about the inspiration behind the film, our guest today. So I'll just start. And the first question I have is for Alaudin. The film moves through different questions about the histories of Bengali Harlem, grounded in your own explorations of your parents' stories. Can you share with us your reflections on the trajectory of the film, especially in turn to focus on your mother's story and your relationship with her? Well, first I want to say thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight to see our film. And you know, I always kick everything off by saying, Bangladesh is in the house. Tonight we're here at BMCC, and tonight the B stands for Bangladesh. <laughs> we're here to represent. So um, I'll keep it brief because I really want everyone else to talk. Uh, many moons ago in the 90s, when we were young, we were uh, like artists, but we weren't just artists. I was a comedian. Vivek was a dope DJ that did an incredible Bangra night with DJ Reka that changed the course of nightlife in, um, in New York. And so it wasn't just a, it wasn't just like a, a club night. When I would go hang out at these clubs, there were people in these these clubs handing out flyers saying, "Hey, if you know any women that are getting abused or anything, we have an organization here. Hey, you know, if you need any any help, this was at a club, yo. Like, so I was like, this is the circle that needs to really be cultivated, and it was. We were just babies at the time, and so when I my career took off and I was in Los Angeles." And they were telling me to read for the part of a terrorist. I would look at them like, yo, are you stupid? What's wrong with you? So I brought my New York mentality to Hollywood, but I knew that there was a glass ceiling for that. So they were telling me, literally, some of the biggest producers and directors were telling me in all honesty, listen, this is the way America perceives you. I'm sorry, but this is like what's in the script. And we really want you, but this is the way America sees you. And I was like, well, I can stay in Hollywood and complain all I want. Or I can just come back home and figure out what's plan B. And I realized, as you see in the film, I didn't want to be a part of that circle. So I had seen Vivek's two films, which is A Taxi Vala, which is a really, really great documentary. And the one that I love the most is Mutiny, which was about the South Asian musicians in um, England. He could have easily just done a dope music you know, documentary about the musicians, but he contextualized it by race and what they were experiencing in England. And I felt like I wanted to make a film about these Bangladeshi men, but contextualize all of the obstacles that they had to endure. And also find a way, as you realize in the film, how women were also significant to that movement. And it took us a long time, but in the beginning, Vivek was like, I got your back, we'll do it. But there's one problem. I was like, what? We have no money. And so anytime we have audiences that come to see our film, we're really grateful. And I feel like, you know, in the beginning, Vivek and I were like Abbott and Costello trying to figure this out. But, you know, I've, with the help of Vivek, I think we made something that really stands the test of time. Thank you. Yeah, I think what um, <laughs> we always talk about, I joke about, I made this film to, to investigate and find out who my dad was. And by accident, I discovered my mom. 
And my mom became a significant part of the documentary almost accidentally because, you know, when we found out, you know, these, these secrets about my mom, we really wanted to make the film, uh, you know, especially the, the third act, the second part, uh, about her journey. And also the journey and the sacrifices that they've made. And also when you see women in America, especially from these countries like Bangladesh, like they need to be acknowledged and we need to like reach out to them and, and have resources that help them, which is why I think our activist background, you know, is about, you know, helping that community, but also making that community visible because representation is really important and it's just a film. And what Vivek did with his book and what we do with this film is just trying to, trying to shed light and exposure to a circle that really needs to like have a bigger voice in America. And as these lovely, lovely people on my left have, have been part of that. A film kind of just opens the door, but the people who are the foot soldiers who are there every day are the ones doing the real work. That was, um, yes, it, you answered and then some. It was amazing. I, love, I always love your energy and your responses. Vivek, um, In Search of Bengali Harlem, as Elodian's pointed out, is not your first documentary. You have this illustrious career covering these amazing stories with Taxiwala, Autobiography, and Mutiny, Asian Storm, British Music from 2003. We would love to hear more about your work as a filmmaker and how you think In Search of Bengali Harlem um, in relation to the social and political goals of your work. Yeah, thank you. Um, and thank you all for, for being here. And congratulations. I think your organization was just, just got an award by Manavi today. Congratulations to you. And um, thank you also so much to Sonia for, for organizing this and, and Sonia's whole team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, when I, when I started making films, and this is going back into the early 1990s, um, I really, I think for me, documentary was always a, a form of um, political engagement, right? Um, that, that um, you know, I, I came out of college having, like, read a lot of, of, you know, political theory and all this kind of stuff, and, and I felt like I was, I really wanted to engage political and social issues in a way that was um, engaging entire groups of people outside of these, you know, small arenas of academia. Um, and so documentary was really, you know, from the beginning for me, it was about that. It was about um, sort of um, engaging, uh, engaging around certain political and social issues, but also, um, you know, telling stories that hadn't been told. And, and for me, those two things go hand in hand, and especially within the South Asian context, I think when when I first moved to New York in the late 1980s, what struck me was that, um, you know, not just that there was a, a, an absence of South Asian stories entirely in, in the mainstream media, but the fact that um, in, in New York there was uh, this dynamic that was clear right away where, you know, the parts of the uh, South Asian communities who'd been here um, as a result of the 1965 Immigration Act who were sort of coming from uh, a certain kind of like um, professional backgrounds, the doctors, the engineers, etc., um, really had carved out the, the, were really 
had in their hands the representation of the entire South Asian community, right? Um, that that and and that there were all these other stories of all you know all the other um, groups within the larger South Asian communities that just weren't being told. And so, on the one hand, you know, you had sort of Hollywood representations where there was this complete absence, and then on the other hand, those. Um, the, the, the power of community self-representation was in the hands of um, a much, a very small slice of um, upper middle class, upper caste Indian, um, you know, professionals, right? And so um, my first film, Taxiwala, you know, sought to, at that time, bring forward the stories of, of what were then much more recent immigrants from Pakistan and Bangladesh and India who were driving taxi cabs. It was sort of the moment when when South Asian drivers became the majority within that that community. Um, and then my second film focused on on South Asian youth and music and anti-racist politics in Britain. Um, and I, you know, I think what was different about this film is that those. You know, I had zero money, and I was a punk rock kid, and I was just doing everything myself, like literally shooting, editing, doing the interviews, doing audio, everything all myself. And and what started to change with this film, when we did start to get small amounts of money early on, and then eventually when we had a grant from the Ford Foundation, um, was, you know, collaborating and really bringing in others other camera people, we had really amazing camera people, amazing musicians, and then Aladdin himself, um, you know, over the years that we were working on this, like literally became a voracious watcher of documentaries. And so every time we met, you know, he'd seen another 10 documentaries, right? And, and was essentially teaching himself to become a documentary director, which is what happened then when, when, he landed in Bangladesh and sort of in the midst of all of the emotions that he was going through, um, started directing on the ground. Um, and so, it was, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was directing while melting down. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to pass it. Well, thank you so much, Vivek. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned about the money, you know, even if that was a struggle, what you, what you both produce is priceless. It is forever for our for for us to have. So thank you for creating something so priceless with initially with no money. Um, I, I did want to just point out that at the last fifteen minutes, we'll have a, a question and answer session for the audience. You all will definitely have a time to be heard and to bring up your questions. I wanted to introduce our panelists, our esteemed panelists tonight. We have, and I'll say a little bit about their biographies. We have Nahar Alam. She has been organizing South Asian immigrant workers in New York City since 1993. Through, through several or, grassroots Asian Pacific Islander community organizations, including through founding Andalan Organizing South Asian Workers. She is currently lead community health representative at Dream Diabetes Research Education and Action for Minorities at the Center for the Study of South Asian American Health at NYU Medical Center, educating Bangladeshi diabetic patients. And personal note, she knows Aladdin's mother, so hopefully we'll share a little bit about some of that personal connection tonight. And next we have uh, Shahana Hanif, and Shahana is uh, is 
uh, councilwoman <laughs> in, in, in New York City, the first Bangladeshi American woman, I believe first Bangladeshi period, right, to serve on city council in New York. Uh, so just, I want to get, that's just been a historic, really, um, you know, just a pioneer for our communities. Um, and it's just been a community organizer for years, um, working, um, working with um, I forgot, the Asian American organizations. And it's just really incredible to see um, an activist work, doing grassroots work, bringing that firsthand knowledge to a position of power. And we are so happy to see you there and wherever else you go. So Shahana for president. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Nadia Ahmad. I am a poet, writer, um, workshop oh, instructor. I've been working uh, for probably more than 15 years now um, with like grassroots uh, arts organizations, including um, the Bangladesh Institute of Performing Arts, BIPA, other Bangladeshi uh, cultural organizations in New York City, and also um, writing and cultural organizations in New York City, including the Asian American Writers Workshop um, and, and others. Uh, yeah, excited to be here tonight. Thank you, Nadia. You were amazing. And I just quickly shout out for Shahana, the first Muslim woman ever elected to the New York City Council and the first woman council member to represent Brooklyn's 39th district. She served as the director of organizing and community engagement in council member Brad Lander's office, where she led grassroots initiative like participatory budgeting. And she currently serves as the chair of the Immigration Committee and is one of the two co-chairs of the Progressive Caucus. So go, Shahana. And last but not least, we have Nesar Buyan, is a community organizer at DRUM, a multi-generational membership-led organization of low-wage South Asian and Indo-Caribbean immigrants, workers, and youth in New York City. Founded in 2000, DRUM has mobilized and built the leadership of thousands of low-income South Asian and Indo-Caribbean immigrants to lead social and policy change that impacts their lives, from immigrant rights to education reform, civil rights, and workers' justice. So thank you all for joining today. Give a round of applause. So I'll start with this question, and I can, honestly, it's like whoever wants to kind of start, it's going to be a little bit more of a discussion. This film moves us through different periods of Bengali history in New York City from the very early years of migration of Bengali men into the period of Aladdin's parents' settlement in the the 1960s in Harlem. Each one of you has a relationship to contemporary Bangladeshi communities in New York City. Can you share with us what resonates or continuities you noticed between the stories represented in the film and the experiences of Bangladeshi communities that you belong to? Hi, Assalamualaikum. Hello, thank you for coming. Um, As you uh, listen to Aladdin and Vivek, thank you, Vivek, to research this kind of way to those folding folder inside of those building and you find out the marriage certificate. It's a wonderful search you have done. Thank you for doing that film. Um, Bangladeshi family and Bangladeshi people those days and now, I don't see too much differences. Somewhere hide it, pain is there, struggle is there. But one thing I found is this, this seeing, watching this film is Aladdin's father has a community and those community is like a commitment. They have a commitment, they are in a small community, but they are like a together, which is I cannot find it now. Maybe so many reasons for that. Maybe people, like a lot of people came now in this country, but still people are isolated, like Aladdin's mother was. She was so isolated, 
lonely woman i gave her 16 to 17 year of my conversation with her on the phone and seeing her in a nursing room and doing counseling for kareem and alaudin i was in the middle so i'm proud to be here in the sitting to just share with you that bangladeshis are rising we are talking this kind of film we needed to educate our people this film should be go to the community to community to educate our people more when we started when i work with andolan organizing south asian worker we started a film to idea was not a film as to just educational outreach material so it's like kind of telling people with the factory story and that's well done we had done those and this film um i think university and other places like a community center is this film needed still people are struggling bangladeshi men are struggling in this country people are scared to come up there are so much resources here to come up and and develop their life but they don't come why they scared what happened 2002 all the men got arrested and then deported them so that's why they don't come to a lot of places and we need a people like shahana now get in i don't know how much trouble she does with the decision politicians but so much internal that um we needed to change we needed to change by this kind of film i can just share with you when i was in the nursing home with aladdin's mother she would share with me so many so many her life stories and her life here so i would translate i would translate from son to mother sometimes i would you know i would uh, she would call me nahar can you come i feel lonely i i was crying on the film when going on seeing her that that moment of life because when she was sitting in the bed still lonely all her life she was lonely it's make me like my life was kind of that but i changed myself when i came to this country we had a south asian first organization for organizing domestic worker and housekeeper and how babysitter and housekeeper in this country that that was the first organization here and i was one of the babysitter i was one of the member i was one of the my life was kind of mohima but mohima stayed there all her life because she didn't have a support system we should break those we should bring up more people to involve this kind of situation not bivek has to go to find the folder we all should find out what's going on with my neighbor with with my other neighbor is are they okay is still people are suffering is still people come to this country after 30 year they had to go back to their country bangladesh and die there still they don't have a paper still they struggle here with a food food vendor with the, all the you know all the odd job you will find the bangladeshi are involved there still their life is suffering i go to the home visit i go see people life how they share their family still bangladeshi are suffering we should come up more 
and this film should go to the community, not only the academy. The Thank you so much, Naharapa, and just a big congratulations to Alauddin and Vivek. What an honor. It is an honor, and like Naharapa, I was in tears because of course so much of this resonates. And I think even if a Bangladeshi watches this 30 years from now, it will resonate. And that's the beauty of how connected our legacy and our commitment to our community is. And so everybody who cried, you cried because you understand the depths of the pains of our communities, of the wins and the resistance, efforts and movements that our community has been so disciplined around for decades. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Sonia and all the faculty and the students, Anna PC, CUNY, I'm also a CUNY alum from Brooklyn College. And why I say this is because Asian studies, South Asian studies, efforts to collect and archive our stories by academics and scholars that are us are so few in number. There aren't enough of us pursuing the academics. There aren't enough of us pursuing to become a documentarian. And of course, funding is a big, big thing and a challenge, and there are so many barriers within the academic institutions, and it's why I take my role as a legislator who has decisions around budgets so seriously because CUNY continues to get divested. It was once free. And so, the necessity and the urgency of our stories and the programs that allow for scholarship and scholars to rise are so critical. I didn't know about the importance of Asian studies, Africana studies, Puerto Rican studies, but actually these are the disciplines that are churning out the scholars that we need because it's true, this documentary, this, doc, uh, doc, uh, this film is a, is a first of its kind. And so I just feel tremendously proud and, um, you know, I know that when I meet with parents, they tell me that they want their kid to be an elected official. And I find that really, really humbling and beautiful because growing up, no one was telling me to become an elected official. No one was saying, she will one day become an elected official. And no one tells us, you should go ahead and become an elected official. But what I also say in, in return is maybe she will want to become an elected official, but maybe she will also want to become an academic and tell our stories and research our stories, go into the archives of our cities to know who we are, how we migrated, um, because it is a responsibility for our diaspora community to know these stories. And so I just wanna give a big shout out because you all did the thing, and I know this is years in the making, and I remember when I had my hands on Bengali Harlem, the book, and I was a baby organizer organizing Bangladeshi public housing residents across our city. And I was just fascinated by 
the depth and the mass of Bangladeshis in our city. I grew up in Kensington, the largest Bangladeshi community in Brooklyn, which I now proudly represent in my district. And my pursuit growing up was to know who I am and pursue freedom for myself and my two baby sisters because we weren't allowed freedom. We weren't allowed to leave the house. And so the story of you loving hip hop, it reminded me when an older cousin would come over every couple weeks and she would play Hot 97. And to this day, I listen to the same Afro beats, soca dance hall tracks over and over, reggae, the same tracks. And that shaped the, the Bangladeshi Muslim Brooklynite that I bring to the city council. Um, the other pieces that resonated are the internal struggles we have with our, with our parents. And that was the part when you, when you realized or when you come to this, this, this moment of thinking about your mother and the life she lived and forgiving yourself for the adversarial relationship you had. That, that resonates. And I, and I see the ways in which my parents try to connect with me now as somebody who is a famous person in the Bangladeshi community. Who, growing up I thought I would be, I would not be where I am because there was, there was no hope for becoming more pursuing hobbies or interests. There was no camaraderie and support. And I lived a double life to land where I am, but the community aspect I saw my family engage in mirrored the kind of life I live now. And it's an honor that the panelists to my right and left, I met Naharapa years ago in the pursuit of Bangladeshi feminists and we built the Bangladeshi Feminist Collective almost a decade ago, and that's where I met Nadia. And Naharapa, she was foundational in the Bill of Rights that give domestic workers protections in our city. That is no small feat, and that work was multiracial. And so our community has always engaged with multiracial political organizing, and particularly on the front lines of workers' movements and labor fights, always, always. That's why I don't like talking about being the first of this or that because so many paved the way so I could get into the chambers. Nadia, who I know from BIPA and of course through the Asian uh, American Writers Workshop because I also began this journey of self-discovery through writing and founded the Muslim Writers Collective. And we were on stages sharing our stories, prose, poetry. And it was so inspiring to find the artists and the writers, the punk rock Muslims in our community. It felt safe. It felt so safe. And with Nisar, I organized with him on the regular. Drum is such an incredible organizing institution in our community, building the power and leadership of working class workers, migrants, undocumented folks, and 
Right now, the most nascent fight in our city is to protect delivery workers who, in the last administration, fought to be able to use the restroom in restaurants. That should baffle us that these delivery workers who kept us connected to, to our favorite local restaurants or delivering our groceries were not allowed to use the restrooms of those restaurants. They lobbied, they organized legislators, and they won that right. But we should all be embarrassed that that was something that need, they needed to fight for. And right now, their fight is for a minimum pay rate so that they live a dignified life with a livable wage in this city. So I'm so immensely proud of the people who are here. It's not every day that Bangladeshis get to do adbel like this uh, <laughs> after a screening. So thank you for the opportunity. And I want to pass it to Nadia and, and Nassar. Thank you so much for sharing that um, and, and for li lifting us up as well. Um, I think that your response reminds me of the line in the film where Aladdin was like, I didn't even think about my father as defiant or rebellious like that. And um, it was so interesting because it's, that's, that's one of the things that resonated with me. I think I, I, my upbringing um, here in New York City was a product definitely that was based on the legacies of these folks who who came over and were defiant and rebellious and could create these communities and created a base and a foundation for Bangladeshi migrants and immigrants after them to settle and then create more concrete foundations that turned into organizations that turned into 501c3s <laughs> that turned into, you know, um, grant writing opportunities, uh, you know, and like Shahana and I have this connection in that way too, because BIPA has applied for funding from <laughs> District 39. Um, but just, I think also my um, experience with that and performing arts specifically has been um, understanding culture through institutions, and that was one of the other things that uh, I didn't, it, it took me a long time to realize that like these institutions have very much more deep roots than I originally thought when I was growing up um, and much more radical roots right so as I watched the film, I noted you know the new york the new york the New York and Poets Cafe, but also the Pakistan League, the restaurants that they were meeting in, like where are these spaces that uh, create the networks where arts and culture and Abda and discussions are are happening. Um, and just noting that those those are very radical. And in in my understanding of my own history, I was somebody who was born in New York City, so I I understood Bangladeshi and Bengali history through my parents and through a lot of a lot of, in a lot of ways like cultural kind of education. But the narrative was still very much like I mean I'm I'm condensing it, but it was it was still like. Yeah, there was a, you know, there was British colonization and then there was like Indian Pakistan and then there was a war in 1971 and like somehow, you know, somehow or another we got here. Um, but by then it's like the late 80s for my family anyway, for, or for my parents in particular. Um, and I hadn't known for a very long time that, you know, if we had looked back, um, our, my family also has connections to, um, some of these men who came in uh, probably a little bit later, but like the 50s and the 60s. And I have, my mom has a cha-cha. And it's really interesting also to notice like it's, it is the men, so it is all the cha-chas. Um, but my, my mom 
also had a cha-cha who came in here, to, who came to New York in probably the late 50s and married a Puerto Rican woman, and we had some connections with their family. I got the, a copy of the book. Um, but just, just sort of, I don't know, just noticing that there are resonances, um, especially between, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, the, the way that I understood the narrative of myself and my family and my lineage was, like, New York to Silet or New York to Dhaka, New York to Bangladesh, just that, that was the only kind of, like, trajectory movement happening. Um, but actually, there's so many more kind of, like, nodes um, and places that you can touch and pinpoint to find all this movement that's happening here. And that is the way that we can move between these spaces even while we're here is also very radical um, and, and rebellious and we don't know that until we start you know investigating these stories so I really appreciate the work that you did with this film to help us uncover that and keep uncovering it hello everyone uh, first of all I would say like uh, this second time I watched this movie and every time happen two same thing. One is cry, <laughs> and another one, I still can't believe how they made it. Like, it's so informative, how they display the connection with generation to generation. And I would say uh, this documentary is priceless documentary for the current generation and our future generation. So, it's we we have to think about it how we spread it then people know who we are and it shows uh, the struggle of immigrant and what is our root and I would say especially uh, the Aladdin's mom uh, she is a very strong woman because we know how difficult as a single mother to raise uh, the two kids in this country. So uh, she also encouraged the other women. And another thing is it shows like the community relation with different communities like Bengali, with black folks, with uh, Puerto Rican. I would say is they, are, they were more developed from now. Now we don't see that kind of like connection with other communities. And uh, the, as a result, it's a white wing and white supremacy, they are taking this advantage. So we have to think about it, how we can uh, more engage with other communities, then we can change our society. Thank you so much. Well, thank you all for sharing your perspectives and your incredible experience, and also just your love for this film. I wanted to actually open up audience questions for a few minutes. So, um, Sonia, I don't know if there's a mic going around. Or you can stand up and shout. Oh, okay, hi. Oh, I think you're in the back, in the kind of back row with, raise your hand. Okay. Well, I don't know who I'm pointing to. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go where Sonia's going. 
Perhaps you stand up, Mike, so you can come and okay. just queue, queue up by the mics. There's one over there. Yeah, so Hi. please line up behind the mic, and yeah, you can start, sir. Hello. Uh, good evening, and thank you very much. Uh, is a full crowd here today, and I am very much, uh, you know, I am very much uh, excited. I'm to watch this movie today, documentary today, and I think this is like 30 years I never saw like this documentary. So thank you very much, Mr. Bibak, who is finding all the uh, old thing and connected each other. You know, the visualizes this thing to to the audience, and audience is totally soundless today. And I request to San Hanif and other panel to you know to introduce the, uh, to make more you know the publicity. Go to the you know the. Uh, Pin media and electronic media to spread out the uh, message to the community, so that our uh, next generation and the people uh, know like how the uh, relation, uh, the mother and son, and how they survive, uh, the lady can how they survive this thing. So, pin media and electronic media they can make a good uh, you know the advertisement so that uh, it will be awareness to watch this movie. And uh, by, this, uh, by this time, I just say, uh, I am the General Secretary of uh, World Human Rights Organization in Jackson Heights. And also, uh, uh, I am, my name is M.D. Abdus Subhan. Uh, I am a Director of Smart Tech IT Solution. And thank you very much uh, for the audience to watch this movie. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Oh, oh yes. Over there. Hi. Um, my name's Monisha. Um, uh, like Shahana said, I, I also grew up in New York. I grew up in Queens. Um, so I also resonate a lot with just like not only the aspects of the Bengali history in America, but in New York specifically. And I feel like that was such a big part of the film. Um, I'm actually currently, uh, I was going to say filmmaker, but like aspiring filmmaker. Um, I'm, I'm in film school right now, and I think what struck me is that you, you both are artists first, before anything else, before academics or researchers. Like you were, all, you were DJ first, Vivek, and I just, I, I would love to like just hear some advice for um, young South Asian American filmmakers, like trying to, you know, make art in in America and also tell these very diff, unique and and different stories because that's something that I've struggled with a lot. I feel like there is a lot more quote unquote like brown representation in the media now. Like you, we see a lot of, uh, we see a lot more, but like it's for me personally, I feel like it's the same story every time or like a different version of the same story or it's the same people like writing those stories. And I always felt very, um, I felt like an outsider with a lot of those brown stories growing up, and, and even now, like when I watch um, a lot of media. So I just wanted to know if you have any advice for um, people who are trying to like bring new stories to the forefront, because it's already hard enough to get the stories that we have right now. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you for the question. It's an excellent question. I think um, if you want to be a filmmaker, we're in an era now where you can really make shorts with your cell phone 
and you can do stuff with your iPad and whatnot. And that's great. That's cool. I'm old. TikTok is foreign to me. But, you know, there are mediums. I would say that, like, Vivek was a role model. He, you know, got his dissertation, got his PhD, and I'm like, I can't even spell PhD. So I think what Vivek and, you know, other filmmakers told me, if you're really serious about the craft of filmmaking, you need to take control of the narrative. And for me, the best films are the ones that are best written. So I was really chasing down, how do I become a better writer? And you know, I'm not a very religious person, but it just so happened that that performance that you saw the last night of that run, David Henry Wong says, wow, you have all these stories. Why don't you come to Columbia? I thought he was joking. And so I went back to school to get my grad degree to learn the craft of writing. So if you want to become a writer, yes, you know, learn the craft, but really immerse yourself in it. And the other thing is too, this goes back to like DJ Reka and Vivek. I don't know if DJ Reka is here, but like Reka, oh, she's in the house. But, but I, I, don't like, I don't like to use the word gang, but what Reka and Vivek, what they cultivated in the 90s was like, this was the place where everybody hung out. All these people who are famous now, we used to hang out there. I mean, so many people, right? And so like that group was encouraging one another. I was a comedian. I knew, you know, Ajay Naidu, he was like, do your thing. Yo, you do your thing. They were writers. They were people like on, uh, who's now on NPR, like Arun Venegopal. These guys used to hang out there. You know, all of the people that were there, there was like, you know, we were, we were, we were encouraging each other. And for me, I was only like going to the comic strip and like, my circle was like, the, the guys that I hung out with were Dave Chappelle, were Chris Rock. I didn't see anybody brown. But when I went to Rake Up and Vivek's place, I was like, wow, there's a whole community here. You have to kind of find your own gang. And if uh, part of the expression, if you don't like the bullshit that you see, like we can complain, you have to create the content. Because those people in Hollywood, were they racist? Yeah, they probably were, but they honestly didn't know Bangladeshis. They didn't know that circle. So we had to take back that narrative. So, you know, I didn't know anything about documentary filmmaking, but I knew Vivek. So even though we didn't have any money, we, we set out on a course to figure it out. And I do think you don't have to. I am also a graduate of City College. You don't have to go to Columbia. You don't have to go to NYU. I can tell you, you can go to Queens College, Brooklyn College. And what I'm telling you what you can learn about filmmaking in those schools, you can learn in those, those other schools it's just a matter of like finding your circle and finding the people that you share your vision and go all out and, and pursue your dream. Whatever it is you want to do, filmmaking, being a doctor, like, you know, you, you have to really make that commitment to really master your craft. So it, it's a matter of commitment, but also knowing the circles that you run in to build that support system that is going to like just like knock all those doors down. Thank you. Uh, I would just, I mean, I, I agree absolutely that um, a, lot, a lot of this is about, you know, building, building your community um, and, and finding your collaborators. Um, and um, the, I think part of what has, well, and also just not giving up, you know, it, it's, it's really, really important to, to not get, to, um, and I, I feel like we both get caught up in this, like looking at, at 
the industry on a large scale and like, you know, what's these various other documentaries that are, you know, going to Tribeca and Sundance and all of that. It's very easy to get kind of caught up in that and to feel like you're, you know, you're not a real filmmaker, right? Um, and I think it's really important to, to kind of put that aside Find you know build your own find your own stories and tell your own stories and find the people who will help you do that whether it's camera people or just people who are just going to be there for you um, and the other thing just on a very practical level you know for me when I was starting out the the community that I found was really centered around an organization called Third World Newsreel which still exists. Um, which has sort of generated, been a place where so many young um, activist filmmakers have got their start. Um, Newsreel is still there as a resource. They have a great, um, like, it, both a year-long workshop as well as, as various kinds of programs. Um, but then, you know, there's also a whole other range of newer organizations that are out there that have incubators, that have... Um, you know, just apply. Apply to these various different places. There's Firelight Media, for example. Um, you know, there's a whole community that's formed, Brown Girls Doc Mafia. You know, you probably know all of these, but it's, you know, these are, I think that that landscape, the fullness of that landscape didn't exist when I started. Um, but but it was places like Newsreel and, and as Aldine was saying, you know, building a community of other artists and, and, and kind of lifting one another up and holding each other up um, is really crucial. Can I add something to that real quick? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was going to add something from here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I just wanted to say the person who asked the question, I think you sat down. Oh, hi. Okay. Um, one thing that you mentioned was... Um, just from like an artistic perspective, you know, that you're a filmmaker, oh, actually aspiring filmmaker, I would say just probably just cut the aspiring and say that you're a filmmaker yes. from, from right now. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, one of the folks who taught me that early on was Bushra Rahman, um, who's a writer. She's in the audience today. Um, yeah, what, what makes you a writer is that you write, so what makes you a filmmaker is that you make films. And I think you'll save yourself like at least five years of self-deprecation before you get to the, the <laughs> witnessing of your own self. I'm loving all this love and support. Um, I think we can take maybe one more question, Sonia. Okay, and are, are, are you around at all? I don't know. But maybe you can catch them if you have anything else to ask or to compliment them on their great work. Um, you can go. Thank you. Hi, my name is Evita. That was a great movie. Thank you. I work with boys. Can you hear me? No, okay. lean in a little bit. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks. Hi, my name is Evita. I work with Boys Club of New York. And Aladdin, we were told that you're an alumnus of Boys Club. Is that right? Yeah, that's where I met all the graffiti artists at the Jefferson Park Boys Club. Awesome. Yeah, that's where we uh, used. Yeah, and Eladine's older half brother Habib worked at the Boys Club. Yeah, for he many, was. Many he years. was. Yeah, he was the executive director there. So I, I, when I was a little kid, I hung out. Uh, you know, I played sports there, but I hung out with all the graffiti artists. And so, uh, actually, it's a true story. Uh, Fat Five Freddy, 
Basquiat um, and um, who's the one that does the stick figures? Um, uh, Keith Haring. Keith Haring. If you see the Keith Haring um, the mural, the pit mural that's, that's on the 122nd, we did the outline. But what was funny is Fat Fry Freddy and them, they would take us, you know, it's supposed to be like museum trips, they would take us literally to MoMA and say, you see all this? Y'all ain't never going to be in here. Never with a capital N. That's why we got to bomb the trains. So nice. what... What I loved about the Boys Club, and this is something that me and Vivek really felt Can we I wanted to this? put in the film, is that there's a lack of solidarity with African American and Puerto Ricans. And I think like that, as, as has been mentioned before, that we've, we've kind of gotten away from that. And so I feel like what um, the aesthetic of those artists were, like as, as we were saying about filmmaking, you have to kind of find your own voice. And so for me, early on, I loved graffiti because it was like no one was coming up past 96th Street to see this artwork. But these were like the most incredible graffiti artists that were around. And what was going on in the South Bronx was revolutionary. I travel the world and it trips me out like graffiti is all over. So, you know, when... I started to become a comedian and, and as a filmmaker and a writer, I didn't want to do stories of the rich. And I feel class is something that, you know, we have to really approach in a way as artists. Because if you go to NYU and Columbia, like, is only the rich people going to make art? So, you know, it's really up to, this is why CUNY is so important, because the professors and the artists that you meet in your universities, like City College, are the ones that really make that work. So for me, Jefferson, Bo Jefferson Park Boys Club was like the seed that began of me looking at art through a different lens. It made me look out of a window I wasn't necessarily going to look out of. But those people in the Boys Club really gave us a foundation and and it made me look at art even as a young child through through a new lens. Yeah. As someone that works at Boys Club, I could say that it's a place that really focuses on belonging. It's really you feel like you're part of it. So I'm Trinidadian actually. So my history is tied to indentureship as well. And being part of that history of indentureship its effect is really erasing your history. Who are you? What is your story? And you go in search of it and our generation's kind of piecing it together. And I've had those conversations like you did with your mother. Where am I from? What are my roots? And um, I think Boys Club is one of the only places I've ever worked where I felt like I really belonged. And that's what makes it so inspiring to know that you're also from that community, from Boys Club community, doing this work that's helping people feel like they belong as well. Thank you so much for sharing. So uh, we have a few more, only like a short amount of time. I really, honestly, we could be here all night. Just the wealth of information, experience, and perspectives is just incredible. But just a few closing remarks, maybe from the panelists. Um, Nassar, maybe you could start with you. Just any, just maybe a line or two of just um, how you're feeling, and just and just any other last thoughts you have. Uh, also, my feeling is uh, this documentary uh, definitely is. Uh, I would say it's a pioneer for our community. So uh, we have to think deeply, then we can move forward. It's just my understanding. Thank you. Um, I'd probably say that the film makes me think a lot about the film and the book and all the work that preceded it um, and all the stories makes me think a lot about how most times when we're investigating something called like tradition or culture, probably all the time, it, it's nothing if not dynamic. You know, culture is not a static thing. Um, and it's probably 
more like syncretic and influenced by multiple um, more than more than one influence and I think we tend to think of tradition uh, right and culture as these like very static things that we must preserve in this one way um, but once we have the the means to define a culture or tradition I think is the exact point that we should be asking ourselves what are we losing by um, not being willing to compromise and, and reach across um, some kind of a border that we think has been established because someone before us said it was so. Thank you. That's really powerful. Um, one line in the movie that really stuck out to me was about the, the inquiry around who are welcoming them. And right now, uh, you should know that our city has welcomed uh, over 60,000 asylum seekers. And our city, and I love that you pulled the quote from the Statue of Liberty. I, too, on the floor of the chamber floor, have repeated that line because our mayor has had other plans, including housing asylum seekers in an isolated uh, flood zone transportation desert on Orchard Beach. And... It's important to connect that migration narrative irrespective of which community is seeking refuge and community and sanctuary and safety in New York City. And so we all have a responsibility, not simply to our own communities, but to the communities that are coming here to build their own communities too. And so that's a big role that I get to play every day in rejecting the mayor's uh, operations around how to house asylum seekers and we are not, the mayor and I are not friends. We are, I have an adversarial relationship with him. And it's important. Um, and I appreciated the question around advice uh, in the, the pursuit of um, advancing in uh, your career as a filmmaker uh, because, you know, there were two Bangladeshis running in my race. and. Bangladeshi, the Bangladeshi community was like, why are there two of you running? If only one of you ran, we could get behind you. But nobody says that about white people, dozens of white people running and having done that for generations in our city and country. And so each of us has stories that may resonate with one another, but we are different and authentic and we need to know who we are, most importantly. And so I love that uh, as, a, as the first Bangladeshi in the council, my analysis around how to ensure sanctuary in our city um, is what keeps me connected to my own community and those uh, those that I am still learning about. And um, in closing, I just want to give a shout out to the young people who are on my team. Uh, two of them are here. I see Ali, who uh, is so patiently waiting to ask a question. And Moose is also here. Two radical, sharp, socialist, leftist Bangladeshis uh, who are figuring it all out in public service. One of the toughest jobs that one could get involved in in this moment of COVID and recovery. And so it is so important to have uh, this joy and this togetherness. So thank you for uh, that opportunity and for us to continue to contend about our identity and culture and uh, really inspire us to think about uh, the present and future of our city. Thank you. Yeah. So nothing is left for talk. 
So Shahana did finish it. Um, yes, um, I agree what um, Shahana said. I can I can say like sometimes we see newspaper, New York Times, big TV. They have a news, and after some moment, it's gone. So I think you came here. You shouldn't think about that way. It's gone. I just saw it. It's gone. I said you should think about it. And filmmaker uh, or learning something, it is your community is still exist. You can talk to your community very closely. Become a volunteer with any nonprofit. They do wonderful job that the, you learn from there. And my uh, our film from Andalon, the the lady she was sitting doing the photography for seven years. After that, she has done our film. So the third world um, real day, uh, we, we sold that film there. So it's kind of passion, and even your mother or your father, you don't know the history of them. Ask them. Ask your auntie. Ask your community what's going on. That history is film, and you can make up those things. And that would be advice. Don't forget, like I saw this. Aladdin uh, story is not only one of the story, but one thing I couldn't do it. Aladdin mom was requesting me, saying, "Nahar, can you convince my two son to get married?" <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, how I'm going to convince this both? Anyway, that was that was. I always suffer. I say, <laughs> I say, sister, I can't do this. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that was the moment, and I'm glad to be here, part of this. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much. Um, I, just, I also just wanted to say thank you to all of you who joined us today. And my hope is that that we can continue to have these conversations in different different settings, different times, um, have more time to talk. Um, and I think, um, you know, one of the, the line that always sticks out for me in the film is when Aladdin at the end says, there's so many stories, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we heard stories of, of, um, of organizing, of, of like, um, yeah, Bangladeshi organizing, feminist or organizing, um, that you know are those stories are ne are only within you know the memories and story stories that that people tell one another within the community and those are stories that should be on film as well and what I what I hope I think what we both hope is that that this film is an opening right a beginning um, I also want to say thank you this has been an incredible panel I love this panel I just want to thank everyone on this panel from the bottom of my heart. Um, we go into communities all over America, and um, it's interesting that, you know, when I made this film, we could have easily just gave it away to streaming, but I was really adamant that I wanted the audiences to experience this live and in person. It, it should be a communal event because, you know, I, I'm old school. You know, I'm, I'm a comedian. When you experience something live, you really feel it. So I want the audience to really see that representation. <laughs> I always get emotional about this. You know, representation is important. It, it really is. 
And, you know, our brother, Vijay Prashad, who I love, in his book, The Karma of Brown Folk, he says, America, they want our, our labor, but not our humanity. Because <clears throat> they don't see us as human. I didn't think I was getting emotional. But, you know, Vijay and I have spoken about this. And what's happening is that America is like, we just want you to work. And America has done that to African Americans. They've done that to the indigenous. They've done that to the, you know, they've got a history of doing that. And, you know, we should have solidarity with African Americans because it was African Americans that opened the doors for us. <clears throat> and that's the story that needs to be told. So, you know, I've been a teacher for, you know, the past decade in high schools, and I tell these kids who want to get into film school, what kind of film do you want to make? Do you want to get paid? Anybody can get paid. And then, you know, I give them an education, a birth of a nation, to Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Which kind of filmmaker do you want to be? Which kind of artist do you want to be? And I think it's important that, once again, I, I keep on bringing up the DJ Rake of Vivek thing that they did. They cultivated an environment and an energy. I mean, you would be dancing with a girl in their club and there was like activists going, yo, you know, we're Asians that are fighting for Mamiya Abu Jamal. Like, that was radical. That you had a group that was South Asians showing solidarity with African Americans. And, you know, I don't want to sound like this guy get off my fence, but like, they cultivated that. That was Reka and Vivek welcoming that into their party. And I feel like we got to take the baton and keep doing that. And so representation means that not just like I just want to, you know, have a person of color, but are you on the side of solidarity of the working class? Are you on the side of people who don't have a voice? Are you on the side of, of immigrants fighting? And everybody on this panel because I know them. They've given their blood for our community. And here's the comedian getting emotional. But that's like something that I want to leave everybody with. You do and you can make a difference. I mean, these people, we came from nothing. And we're now in government. You know, I was in, I was in the, we, we were in City Hall. And I was getting an award. Why? Because Shahana was saying, we matter. We're important. We're significant. And everyone in this audience can make change. And that's the point that I want to leave you with, is that no matter where you are, no matter where you feel, you are capable of making change. And there are people that are reaching out a hand to help you. And thank you for coming to our film. Thank you all for coming. And Nassar, Nadia, Shahana, Nahar. You know, we, you, uh, Nadia, you mentioned about giants, those who came before. Um, and, and Shahana, he said, you know, you don't want to see the first because... The work from before, and truly that we have all stood on the shoulders of giants, but you are also the giants these next generations are going to be standing on. You are the giants we will be talking about in our future and even now. So thank you all so much, and especially thank you to Vivek and all of them for your gift to us, this eternal gift. This another round of applause, please, for this incredible film. Have a good night. <laughs>